Hello and welcome to Reasonably Fit. We're Jason and Lauren Pack, and this is the podcast for anyone who wants a more thoughtful and grounded approach to health and fitness. As of right now, this podcast is still ad-free, but if you'd like to support us, the best way to do so is by leaving a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts or by checking out our Rise program, which is linked in the show notes. All right, welcome back. So it is post-Christmas, post-holidays, pre-New Year's, at least for us. Yeah, it's that weird... Oh, yeah. When you're listening, this is just after New Year's, actually. So happy New Year. Uh, but for us right now, we're in that weird middle in between Christmas and New Year's where nobody knows what day it is and everybody's confused. And especially because it was like for our kids in school, they they um, like recognized Christmas on Monday, even though it was on Sunday. So the teachers could get a day off, which we totally understand. But now I'm like, I really don't know what day it is because they were home with us on Monday. So Anyway, but Happy New Year. Christmas was awesome. Uh, Two years ago, we started a tradition that lasted for one year. (laughs) (laughs) And it was to actually cook a whole Korean feast for the kids, or I guess just Kendrick at the time. Yeah. And uh, we it was want- because we were like when it was when we were locked down for COVID, so we couldn't see family, and we were like, we got to do something special. Like we still have to do something special, and so yeah, we were like, oh, we never we should cook more Korean food, but we never really do like a whole feast of it, and so that's what we decided to do that year. Yeah, so we <laughs> we like in typical pack fashion, we like we didn't just start with like one or two dishes. Yeah. I think we had like a whole like six or seven like entree type of meal that we put together and uh it was great me you and a two-year-old yeah (laughs) and it was great it turned out really really uh really well and you know when i was younger i would see these like broths and like these marinated meats and all these dishes and i'd be like there's no way i could ever prepare that like that's just something that older people know how to do (laughs) and now it's like oh okay actually if you just follow some simple steps a lot of it just comes together um as you as you go about doing it um but there's always this 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 sort of like mysteriousness behind the dishes and all that so but we uh brought it back this past year. I think we're going to do that every year moving forward. And it was a lot of fun. We had your family over this time. So we had more mouths to feed, which was better (laughs) than just a couple couple of toddlers running around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, especially because Kendrick only ate the Korean snacks. He didn't even (laughs) eat any of the actual meals. But I mean, it was awesome. It was great. And shout out to Mang Chi because she basically helped us with every single recipe. She she just has a website. (laughs) It's like Mang Chi. Is it M-A-N-G- G-H-I. M-A-A-N-G-C-H-I. Yeah. Dot com, I think. Yeah. Um, But really, if you type in any, if you want to learn how to cook any Korean dish, she's going to be the top. And she has like, every recipe has like 50,000 (laughs) five-star reviews. And they really were all amazing. a monopoly on the Korean department there. (laughs) Yeah. At least on the online uh, recipe market. So, but it was, it was great. Like all of the steps were so clearly laid out and and we, we kind of nailed it. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You just follow a recipe step by step and it ends up working out. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) It's almost like a training program. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So that brings us to our topic of the day. (laughs) Which is consistency over intensity. So this is our third reasonably fit principle. We took a break from doing the deep dives for an awesome interview with Jibby. So if you haven't listened to that one, you can go back and listen. That one was a little bit more niche for people who are personal trainers or interested in becoming personal trainers. But even if you're not, I think especially the interview with Jibby would be like beneficial for anyone who just wants to learn to like 
take a chance on themselves because <laughs> yeah. that was basically her story. It was awesome. I really loved that. She she took us through all sorts of twists and turns <laughs> yeah. over her sort of like training career and all that. And it was it was a really insightful interview. And I think, um, yeah, even if you aren't looking to become a personal trainer, you would get lots of tidbits out of it and definitely check out her content at studio.jippy. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, moving on to today, we're back into the deep dives and we're going into our number three, principle number three, consistency over intensity. So let's give a little bit of an overview of what that even really means. So this principle really came about due to sort of the high intensity spin classes, P90X, uh, Insanity, and then CrossFit, like all of these sort of trends that were coming out in, I would say, like the early 2000s up until the 2010s and still today of the workouts having to be super, super intense. And like the names kept getting more intense. It was like, (laughs) it started with like hit and then it was like P90X and it was insanity. (laughs) Like it just kept getting hard 75. Like they all just keep getting like more intense and more hard. And the, the premise is just like, if you're not working at your max capacity every single second of every single workout, it's not a great workout. And like you didn't get crushed enough by it. Yeah, and people have been led to believe that the harder the workout, the more effective it is. And like going back to your point of being more and more intense, like people started just slapping on like MMA workout or Navy (laughs) SEAL training workout or whatever movie star where it just became more and more intense and intense. And it's like, if you aren't seeing results, it's because your workouts aren't hard enough. It's because you're unmotivated. It's because you're lazy and undisciplined, like all this stuff. And it just became so intense. And it's like, Now I think it's been very ingrained in our minds and like you see commercials where the athletes are doing battling ropes and doing burpees and box jumps. Yeah, just like in a puddle of their own sweat, just heaving. And this is just for marketing purposes. Like if you see their actual training session, the vast majority of it is going to be fairly basic, fairly boring, and they're going to be very mindful, (laughs) methodical, very slow. And then there will be times, of course, where they have to train really hard and train at a high intensity, but they have to pick their spots to do that sort of high intensity type of workout. The vast majority of their training is actually fairly moderate to low intensity. They just do a lot of it. Yeah. And so that's sort of like there's kind of a a few different reasons that we have this principle. One of them is that doing high intensity workouts all the time isn't actually going to get you the results that you think they're going to get you. Another one is super high intensity workouts tend to put you in sort of an all or nothing mindset where if it can't be super intense, you're not going to do it at all. And Mm -hmm. so if you all of a sudden get injured, you're just going to not work out for a period of time because you can't do your intense workouts as opposed to that's okay. I'll modify. I'll do something different. It like it does put you in this mindset of if I can't get crushed by the workout, I'm just going to quit. And that's where the consistency portion over intensity really comes in. And we're saying it's so much better for you to be consistent with what you do than to be going at these extreme intensities. Yeah. And the previous two reasonably fit principles sort of tie into all this because we're trying to get people to think of this whole journey as a long-term, big-picture journey and not a short-term, two-week period, four-week period, six-week period. We really want to encourage you to really zoom out as far as you can and understand that this is a lifelong pursuit. And because it is a lifelong pursuit, you can take pressure off yourself to accomplish aggressive, extreme, short-term goals 
in very hyper concentrated short periods of periods of time. And I think using that sort of mindset will help you to be more consistent, be more on a sustainable plan, and eventually get you to your goals much quicker than trying to chunk it down to these like hyper-focused two or three week periods. Yeah, I mean, it goes along, you can you can even lump nutrition into this, mm. um, this principle as well, because when you go, you can consider like being on an, a cleanse or being on an extreme diet as the high intensity and then consistency being just being on your regular everyday plan that works for you and kind of just intuitively eating. And that's always going to be better than going on a diet, off a diet, on a diet, off a diet. And so, yeah, we've kind of touched on this principle, I think, throughout a lot of other episodes, but it really can apply to a lot of different areas of your life. Yeah. So in this episode, what we really want to help you do is kind of break out of the mindset that you have to be always doing super intense workouts in order to be successful. And we're going to give you some kind of tangible ways that you can start to take that approach for yourself. But before we do, kind of want to just give you a little bit more insight into why this is actually going to be a helpful approach for you, not instead of just being like, just scale back the intensity and just trust us. (laughs) So let's talk about, I think one of the big things is when your main focus is intensity, there's only a few ways that you can improve. Mm. You can only go so hard to the point where then you have to start adding on more sessions, right? So let's take spin for an example. Spin is typically high intensity. The music is bumping. The lights are off. Like it's like the intensity is high. And for that one hour, it can be a lot of fun. Like Mm -hmm. I'm definitely not bashing it. I actually really enjoy it when I do it. But if that's the only thing you're doing, the only way to feel like you're improving or feel like you're moving forward is to add another class in and then another class and then another class or to go harder or to go longer or to start doubling up on your classes. And eventually your body is going to break down or you're going to burn out. Yeah. And this is, I mean, this probably hits close to home as you're even (laughs) saying this because Lauren, I think throughout her early 20s, it was all about high intensity spin workouts and doing that, I don't know, maybe like 10 to 12 times a week because you're also an instructor. Um, but yeah, basically, you, you you hear about this all the time. You hear about someone taking their first group exercise class or first taking their first CrossFit class or something that else that is very high intense. And we're not, we're not knocking these. We're, we'll tell you how to sort of integrate it into your training. But when it's the foundation of your workouts, it can be potentially um, detrimental if you're not aware of how to integrate it into your training. Yeah. But it's you get this sort of like high, like this endorphin rush, like, oh, like I've never experienced that before. That was amazing. Like, I can't wait to go back. And then you go back, you know, the next day and like, okay, it was amazing. It was great. Maybe like a little bit less like of that excitement, but you go back again and you start to, your body starts to sort of like break down a little bit because it's not used to operating at a 10 out of 10 that aggressively for that amount of time. And as the workouts start to compile, your body sort of starts to slow down a little bit and it starts to feel the effects of all the high intensity. You might start to feel your joints start to ache. You might start to feel a little little bit more tired. But again, when intensity is your only sort of marker for success, the only way to progressively overload in this instance is to either go more at a higher intensity (laughs) So to spin faster for longer and harder or to add more workouts. And this is where people get into this trap where they're actually working out really hard 
five, six, seven days a week at a really high intensity and their bodies start to really tell them <laughs> that they're very fatigued and they don't understand why they're not sort of moving the needle forward. And I think a lot of it has to do with, first of all, their body is sort of, sort of normalized where they're at. It's starting to plateau at that level. Yeah, they that's can, becoming their homeostasis, basically. Yeah, they can no longer go at an even higher intensity. They're already maxed out in terms of how many times they can work out that week. So they're doing this, and they're basically just literally spinning their wheels <laughs> as fast as they can, as hard as they can, to just maintain this level. And at some point, something's going to give. Like either their body's going to give a little bit, or something in their schedule, like they get sick, they have to go on a work trip, they go on a vacation, something something happens where their whole plan starts to unravel because they're operating at such a high, like unsustainable rate that something happens and then the whole thing starts to unravel because it's been such an unsustainable rate that they've been trying to maintain. And I think when you're sort of into this mindset, you also have a lot of pride behind it right? You're like, mm -hmm. I've been training so hard every single day. This is what I do. And then when it becomes unsustainable, then you sort of lose your identity a little bit and you kind of go into a little bit of a spiral from there as well. And so we just have seen this time and time again, and it just is an unsustainable rate to base your whole training off of. Yeah, exactly. And we're definitely not saying that you should never be intense with your workouts or that your workouts shouldn't be hard. I think that can be confusing here. Like we're, we're not saying instead of doing seven days a week of high intensity workouts, you should just stretch and do yoga. <laughs> like it's not, <laughs> it's not one or the other. There's ways to integrate all of it. But kind of what we're talking about here is there are ways to make your workout challenging without making them super intense. And that's sort of where we try to go with our programming because we want to be able to challenge ourselves, but not just in a how hard can I work way, because that's not the only quality that we're trying to improve, right? Like one quality that we're trying to improve when we're lifting and when we're working out is endurance, but that's one very small piece, right? We also want to try to improve our strength. We also want to improve our balance, our stability, how well we move, our uh, how much power we can produce, how stable we are. Like all of those things should be qualities that we're trying to improve. When we're doing just high intensity workouts, we're pretty much only looking at one very small piece of the puzzle, right? And so when we are strength training or putting together a more comprehensive program, we can still work really hard in certain areas. Like when we're doing our power development movements, we're working fast, we're working hard, but then we take a rest mm -hmm. and then we compile compile ourselves, compose ourselves, <laughs> we compose ourselves, we regain our energy back so that we can produce that power again. And then when we're strength training, same thing, when we're doing our heavier lifts. And then when we're working on our balance and coordination, we're trying to be mindful. We're slowing down so that we can actually focus on our foot on the ground and all of these different things. They're all important and they're all necessary. But when we are just so focused on sweating, we're missing out on so many of those benefits. Yeah, when you see people deep into their sort of like hobby of, let's say, Olympic lifting or powerlifting or bodybuilding or gymnastics, like what you see those individuals do when they're going through their practice and training sessions are they do something very mindfully, then they take a break, they rest, maybe they video their lift, they're analyzing their lifts, they're figuring out how to get better, how to make those little tweaks to make that exercise better. And then they do it again. 
what the average person does because they're brainwashed by what the media is telling them that they should be doing is go from one exercise to another exercise to another exercise to another exercise to another exercise. And if they're sweating and if they're out of breath and they feel like they got an insane workout at the end of it, that that is a good thing. But instead, they're putting all of the emphasis and focus on all of the wrong markers, all the wrong indicators of a good workout. And what are markers of success for a workout are things like, that move the needle forward, are things like, did you increase the weight from the previous week? Did you increase the volume, like the number of sets and reps? Did you increase range of motion? Did you uh, increase uh, the difficulty? Did you increase your technique and form? Like all these sorts of variables are way more sustainable and also have way more impact on pushing the needle forward than just simply, did you make yourself more tired today? Yeah, exactly. It's funny because I used to kind of laugh at you because we would take, anytime we would like take a class together, like a group class, it was rare that you would do that with me. And I was like such a high intensity queen. So I was like always ready to go. Like I could, I could do an hour long workout with no rest and I could get through it, but I was using pretty light weights. I was managing my energy. Like you, you figure out like strategies to get through it, to just prove to yourself that you can. Whereas you would go into a class like that and you would grab like 25s or something to like do your dumbbell curls that you didn't realize we were going to be doing for two minutes straight and you'd be dying. And I would always be laughing at you, but it was really like those types of classes are actually structured to like make you believe that you shouldn't use heavier weights or you shouldn't take rest or that those things are like weakness. And that's just a really interesting like feeling, right? When you are like, well, I could do if I got to rest in between sets, I could actually do a lot more weight and I could actually like focus on my form and I could actually do this a lot better. But because I'm being forced to do this exercise after this one, after this one, after this one without resting, like you are forced to use lighter weights and you are forced to neglect your form. And all these things start to go like out the window and become deprioritized. And it's just interesting that that tends to be like the like you were saying, the only marker of success is how intensely could you go through this workout? Yeah, now that you say that, I, one thing I'm realizing is that not only or because you are chasing intensity and these classes are chasing intensity, yeah, you have to go lighter for much higher reps because they're trying to chase this feeling of sweating and burning and just feeling totally exhausted by the end of it. So you're doing really super high reps that you normally wouldn't do in a general strength training session because when you're using really light weights for lots and lots of reps at a very non-technical exercise, you're not placing enough stress and tension on those muscles for them to actually grow and get stronger. So again, all you're doing is just making yourself tired without having the muscle building, strength building, joint resiliency training benefits yeah. that you get from a more structured lower rep, heavier uh, weight training does. Yeah, exactly. So that kind of covers why high intensity isn't necessarily better because I think that that can be confusing. It's like, because we, we're going to now go into how lowering the intensity can actually help with consistency. But I know that there are people out there who might hear that and be like, but I can handle high intensity. So shouldn't I just do it anyway? And like, so we wanted to address that 
even if you can, <laughs> even if you're somebody who can do high intensity every single day, you probably still will get more benefit out of lowering the intensity sometimes and being more mindful or lifting a little bit heavier and doing something a little bit outside of just how hard can I go in this workout and can I survive it? Yeah, you know, now that you're saying this and now that we're sort of like providing these sorts of disclaimers, I think what it ultimately is, is if you if you treat your workout if you treat your entire workout as high intensity, the individual sets and exercises become low intensity. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? That's true. Yeah. Whereas if you are paying attention to the right qualities that are actually going to move the needle forward, you make those individual sets high intensity and your overall workout becomes a moderate, moderate. intensity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's so true. <laughs> So hopefully all of that gives you a little bit more of an understanding of why we don't recommend just high intensity all the time. But now I want to also talk about why bringing the intensity down can actually lead to more consistency because that's what we're kind of focusing on with this principle is consistency is going to be better than intensity over the long run. So, I mean, our best example is just this past year, basically. I mean, we've always known this with our clients because we've been working with real people for a long time. But when we started as trainers, we were in our late teens, early 20s. So we kind of had nothing but time and we could just work out all the time and do higher intensities and we didn't have a lot of stress in our life. But when we moved into our new house last November, so a little over a year ago. We moved states. Yeah, we moved states. We closed our gym. We had, I just had had Kinsley. So I was like early postpartum. So we had two kids, a toddler and a newborn. We were exhausted on like all levels and we were trying to like revamp our business and just like, you know, there was a lot going on. And we created a home gym because that we knew that's what was going to work best for us. And the time that we knew we could get our workouts in was at night after we put the kids down to bed, which early on was like brutal because even Kinsley would wake up half the time during the, <laughs> during the workouts at 9 p.m. I'd go up and like nurse her or Jason would rock her. Like it was a lot. run back down. <laughs> anyway, all of that to say that we had to learn how to lower the intensity of our workout to a point where we could muster the energy basically to get down there at 9 p.m. or 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. at night after a long day of working, of childcare, of putting the kids to bed, of stress, all these things. If our workouts were super, super high intensity, there is absolutely no way we would get down there. Yeah, I mean, the thought of at you know, 8, 8.30 at night to go down to do an intense CrossFit wad. I mean, there's absolutely no way we'd be back on the couch watching Netflix yeah. or something <laughs> instead. But knowing that we could go down there, do less sets and reps if we needed to, lighter weights if we needed to, shorten the workouts if we needed to, it just got our foot in the door. And oftentimes we would finish the whole workout as planned because of that sort of mindset where we're allowing ourselves the freedom and flexibility and grace to adjust our workouts based upon the current reality of our situation and our current season of life. And so because of that, we're like, oh, you know, what's what's the harm? What's the worst that could happen by going down, getting my main lifts or getting a couple of accessory lifts in and then coming back upstairs? That's much better than the alternative of not doing it at all. Yeah. But if we were to try to force ourselves to do some sort of intense workout that we knew that we had to do for time at a certain pace, and if we inevitably would get into like the comparison trap of how did I do the previous week and the previous week and the pre and like we would go down this whole negative thought spiral, right? And eventually 
that would just be unsustainable mentally, emotionally, physically, and all that. So the idea of just going down there and doing what we could has been a complete game changer. And I'd argue we've never been more consistent in our entire training careers. And I would say we're close to the best shape of our lives. Like maybe besides like 21 years old. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, I think I'm in better shape because when I was 21 years old, I was doing all high intensity workouts. That's true, that's true. I was was not strong. Like I I wasn't, didn't feel as athletic. Like I really do feel like we're in, or at least I'm in the best shape of my life. And I mean- there's so many ways that you can, we talk about how you can't really define fitness and you can't even, you can't, fitness doesn't have a look and it's also hard to define, but really our definition has always been to be able to carry out a task that you want to carry out, right? And for us right now, I want to be strong. I want to be able to keep playing football. I want to be able to run a 5k if my friends invite me. I want to be able to lift my kids up in the air and I can do all those things because I've been so consistent with my workouts. And that is the only difference between the last like 10 years of basically going, trying to go super hard, either getting injured or just feeling overwhelmed by the amount of work I had to do and just not doing it versus just being a little bit more chill about it (laughs) (laughs) and allowing myself to lower the weight sometimes or just go down. And like you said, like, I'm just going to do the first half of my workout and inevitably I end up finishing it. But just the lowering the barrier of entry to just be able to get into the workout to begin with has been an absolute game changer. Yeah. And I think we, I feel like, I don't know about you, but I had this mentality back then when I was younger of, it, it was it was definitely each workout had like monumental importance. Like if I didn't hit the numbers that I needed to hit, it was a really bad workout. Yeah. And then it turned into a bad day. A bad, bad day, <laughs> a bad week of training. It yeah. derailed the whole training process. And yeah, there was so much pressure on each and every single workout. Now it's like there's no pressure at all. It's like if 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 I'm not going up in weight on that exercise, oh, I can do an extra rep, I can do an extra set. There's way more like expanding your horizons of what you can improve upon within the individual workout has been really helpful to just be like, okay, it wasn't weight today, but I did improve my technique. I was able to increase my range of motion, like all sorts of different ways that you can still make progress happen and progressively overload. That doesn't have to be so heavily pressured on weight. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's literally, I went through this just two days ago. I slept funny and I tweaked my neck and I was like, I wasn't going to work out. And then I was like, well, I might as well go down and do some mobility. And by the time I got down there and I was moving a little bit, I was like, okay, I could do some light weights. And like I got, I ended up getting, piecing together a workout that I was not going to do because I was going to, I like in the past, I would have been like, well, I can't do what's programmed for me today. And I'd be disappointed and I'd be frustrated, and but I would still not do it. And in this case, I was like, well, let me see what I can do. And I went downstairs and I started just moving my head around and foam rolling and just doing some stuff and like just being in that environment and getting myself going not only physically made me feel better, but emotionally made me feel better. And then I got a workout in. And like really, that truly is the difference between intensity and consistency when it comes to just the approach to what a workout looks like. Yeah, I mean, there's so many levels to this whole idea of intensity as well as consistency. Like we've talked about it. It can be from a training standpoint. It can be from a nutrition standpoint. It can be uh, how heavy you're lifting, how, how fast you're lifting, all sorts of different ways. But basically all it comes down to is really prioritize what is going to be more consistent and more sustainable over the long run than how 
hard you can go in the short term at some one particular thing. All right. So with all of that said, giving like all of the disclaimers about <laughs> why this is why this is a principle, um, let's talk about how people can actually start to incorporate this principle into their lifestyle. Yeah. And hopefully some of these tips resonate with you because I'm sure you've heard similar stuff like this, similar advice like this in the past. And it's hard to really ignore or it's hard to adhere to this because it's hard to ignore all of the marketing going on. And so one of the things that's been really helpful for us as well as the people that we've worked with in the past is treating your fitness regimen as a dimmer rather than a light switch. So a dimmer, you're able to incrementally ramp it up or dim it back down. Whereas a light switch is very just finite. It's either on or off. And most people get into this trap of being in an all or nothing mentality where it's like, if things aren't going well, then you just turn it off until hopefully one day things start to get into a better situation for you. Whereas people that are more consistent in the long run understand that like, okay, if something is going on right now that's making this season of life really challenging from a time uh, constraint situation standpoint, then I'm just going to simply dim my light switch down a little bit or dim my dimmer down <laughs> a little bit. Or if things are in a really good spot, like your kids are no longer sick and you just came back from a work trip and things are going to quiet down a little bit, you can actually ramp it up a little bit. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. And that's been a really helpful mindset switch for a lot of people. And it really helps to go along with the whole theme of allowing yourself flexibility and freedom and grace. You're able to be in a lot more control over the situation. And I feel like the whole concept just feels more empowering than just turning the light switch on or off. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it like really does go hand in hand with a lot of what we've been talking about where the pressure, when the pressure is so high to do the most intense workout possible, the only option is to not do it. If if you can't do that, then yeah. the only option is to not do it. And whereas if the if the workout, if a successful workout looks like strength training and power development and stability and mobility and all that stuff, one of the options if you don't have as much time is to take one of those things off and focus on the other three or four. Mm -hmm. And like just modify it's so much more easy to modify things to like you were saying, like dim it down a little bit, but still do it. As opposed to when it's all about high intensity, it's really just the only option is to just not do it. Yeah. <laughs> but let's say you're somebody who loves to do those high intensity workouts. We're definitely not saying, like we tried to say this at the beginning, we're not saying that that's a bad thing. We're not saying that you need to stop doing them. Like I, I still like to every once in a while I'll go take a class somewhere and just get my butt kicked. And like, I really <laughs> do. I enjoy it. It feels fun. It feels like a different stimulus that I like. So we're definitely not saying don't do it, but maybe something you can consider trying is Instead of those being your main workouts and that everything in your fitness routine is built around those high intensity workouts, pick your favorite one or your favorite two and those are going to stay and you can keep those and those are going to be your moments to have that endorphin rush, your moments to feel like you're working really hard and then also incorporate in some lower or moderate intensity workouts where you get to work on other qualities because those high intensity workouts, they do work on that endurance quality. They do work on, you know, they, they get get your heart rate up. They burn calories. Like they do do things. It's not like they're doing nothing <laughs> while you're doing that. But it is, like we said, 
one very specific quality that doesn't cover a lot of other ground. And so pick your favorite one or two and then find ways to incorporate those other qualities, strength, mobility, stability, balance, all of those coordination, all of those things in the rest of your workouts. Yeah. And so from like a weekly standpoint, let's say you're doing five workouts a week. What could, what that could be comprised of is three strength training sessions, one low intensity, like let's say you're just walking for an hour outside or jogging for 20 to 40 minutes outside. That's your low intensity workout. And then that fifth workout is your more high intensity day. Maybe it's a Peloton class, maybe it's a CrossFit class. But basically, I think that the 80-20 rule can be really helpful here where the vast majority of your workouts are more in the moderate to lower intensity category where 20% is on that higher end. So you kind of scratch that itch and you're and you're um, able to enjoy the things that you are still really enjoying at the yeah. end of the day. Um, also, you know, let's say you're not working out five times in one week, you can spread that out over two weeks. So let's say you're working out six times in two weeks, three times each week. Then again, one or two of those workouts in that two week time period can be devoted to a more higher intensity endeavor. And now you can draw this out as far as you want as well. Like what we typically do with our strength training is we'll pick our spots where we are looking to go pretty heavy at a pretty high intensity with our training. Um, And maybe we work up to a max out and things like that. And we pick our spots two or maybe three times a year to try to peak one or more of our lifts. And that's one way, again, where about 10 to 20% of the time, we're trying to operate at really high intensity, but the rest of the time, it's all building up to that at a lower and moderate intensity rate. Yeah. So we're definitely not saying just totally take out high intensity. It has no purpose, no value. And especially if you enjoy it, like just take it out. Um, We're saying that pick your spots with it and it'll be a lot more effective and you're, you're able to reap those benefits without having detrimental effects on the rest of your fitness. Yeah. I mean, I think I I know so many people from Achieve and personal friends who have made this transition. And I will say it's a very overwhelming, like scary step to take. Like I th- I'm thinking of Emily, one mm-hmm. of my best friends. I feel like I might have told a, a story about her on this podcast before, but she like for years while we had Achieve open, she would like ask us questions and like kind of be interested. But then she really was always going to high intensity spin classes and boot camps. And like that was like what she always felt like she needed in her life. Like the higher intensity, the better. And after, I mean, I think it was like after four or five years of us owning Achieve, she's like, all right, I'm going to come try it. And when she first joined, she really had a hard time letting go of some of those high intensity classes and workouts. Mm. And like, and at first she didn't let go of them. (laughs) She was (laughs) doing our strength workouts and she was going to spin classes and like it was way too much. And so then she gradually started to dial back on the classes because she did want to commit to doing the strength workouts that we were programming for her. And it was like probably six months later, she was like, she could do five pull-ups. She could do more push-ups than she's ever done. She felt better in her body. And she was like, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand <laughs> because she just, 
she had been told over and over and over again that the harder you work, the like the better the results. But she was getting better results by working less hard. And she like <laughs> couldn't wrap her mind around it. And it really was something that took a lot of it took her actually doing it like it really did take her actually making that leap, trusting that it was going to work to actually to actually believe it. And so if you're somebody who has been in this mindset of the harder, the better kind of situation with fitness, it, it is scary. Like we're not saying that this is going to be an easy switch and you can just start doing low to moderate intensity strength training and that's going to be like a mentally easy thing for you to do. But we are saying like you're probably going to see really good results and you will be very <laughs> surprised by you're just going to be surprised. I think in Emily's mind and she's said this to me, she's like, she felt like she was just going to gain a ton of weight. Like, honestly, mm -hmm. that was her fear. She's yeah. like, if I stop doing all of these high-intensity workouts, I'm just going to blow up. I'm just going to gain all this weight. And that's a legitimate fear. I mean, we've been told that we need to burn a ton of calories and that this is the only way to stay thin and, like, all of these things. It's, it's legitimate. Like, there's a reason that people have these fears, but they're not based in reality. And it really, it really is a hard thing to overcome. Yeah, I mean, Emily's one of those classic examples that she was really stuck in the high intensity trap where all of a sudden she started ramping up to five, six days a week of high intensity and the results aren't really showing. And so she's in this mindset of I'm doing so much. I'm desperately like I'm barely hanging on with these high intensity workouts and I'm fighting for every like gain that I'm getting. And to take any of that away seems like a really monumental decision mm -hmm. and that it's going to set her back so much because in her mind, she's gotten to this point with these very intense workouts. Right. And so, yeah, to scale that back is a really big decision. And uh, we definitely want to acknowledge, acknowledge that, that yeah. and honor that. It's not just like a simple like, oh, just do that. But what <laughs> you'll find is, yeah, once you do sort of trust the process and sort of let that go, you're going to really fall in love with this sort of new way of thinking about it because you're going to just treat yourself nicer. You're going to treat <laughs> your body nicer. And that's going to make the training process a lot more enjoyable and obviously a lot more sustainable. And that's where the results start to happen because you actually start to enjoy the process and you look forward to the process. Yeah. All right. So this episode was a little bit more free flowing today. We didn't have an outline like we normally do. So <laughs> we hope that it wasn't totally disorganized and <laughs> hopefully you actually could follow along with our train of thought. Um, but we, we've, I think we didn't even do that much preparation for this one because it's like so close to home and something that we really care about. And we really like have gone through all of the ups and downs of like working through how to make this an actual principle in our lives. Um, and so hopefully this episode helped you to start that process for yourself if it's something that you need. But I do think that that is what we have for you today. Next week, we're going to be back with another deep dive on principle number four, which is add when you can, subtract when you need. This is a fun one. This is one I think we're going to have a lot to say about as well. So we will get there when we get there. <laughs> um, I had a little recording session with Kendrick the other night. Oh, he, yeah. he Right before bed, he really, like, we were about to brush his teeth and he was like, let's go into the podcast studio. And so we like ran in and he immediately put everything on. He put the headphones on, put the microphone on, was like, can you hear me, mom? And like being so cute. So I might put a little clip in here of, uh, of Kendrick's first podcast for for everyone to enjoy. Yeah, we never know how to end these podcasts. So that's, that's probably how we'll end it. <laughs> 
or we could do maybe Kendrick needs a segment. Oh, you could yeah. Be like outro with Kendrick. Outro with Kendrick. <laughs> and then we have no pressure. We don't have to worry about <laughs> ending. We're just like, and now Kendrick, take it away with the outro. <laughs> as long as he asks for um, ratings and reviews, we have yes. to teach him how to do that. <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we would really appreciate. It. Actually, we have been getting some more. I think our begging is working because we've gotten some more lately. Yeah. Have you checked? Let me check. Let me just let me just double check live. It's probably Emily, my friend <laughs> it's always somebody that we mentioned in the uh in the podcast all right, no we've got two in the last week amazing oh my gosh all right Shout thank you nail polish lover and lore lolo <laughs> oh we really appreciate you seriously it really means a lot to us we read every single one and we really appreciate being able to continue this podcast it's a lot of work but it's a lot of fun and we think it really hopefully brings you a lot of value to make fitness a little bit more reasonable for yourself until next time sweat out Happiness in. Why did the chicken cross the road? Why? Because it got knocked out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) That's really good. Can you still hear me? I can. Why? You sound so good. You're coming through the microphone into my headphones. Can you hear me in your ears? Yes. I can hear you. Can I tell you a joke? Yes. Knock, knock. Who's there? Boo. Boo who? Don't cry. It's only a joke. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Will you sing your hot dog and bologna song? Chicken wing, chicken wing, hot dog and bologna. Share it with my homie. Chicken wing, chicken wing, hot dog and bologna. Share it with my homie. (laughs) It's so good. Let's sing it together. One, two, Two, three. three. Chicken wing, chicken wing, hot dog and bologna. Share it with my homie. <laughs> okay. All right, I have to go finish getting dressed. Can you say, Kendrick out? Kendrick out. <laughs> no, you say, Mom out. Mom out. <laughs>